Everybody's working. With that time's yours. Welcome to Time's Ours, a podcast in crisis. I'm opening today's show with a report from The Athletic's Nate Taylor. Quote, Andy Reid, a Super Bowl champion, slightly altered his usual phrase to begin his news conference at the Combine. Quote, again, and with that, I'll leave the time up to you guys. We now go to co-host of the show and exclusive athletic correspondent and beat reporter Nate Taylor. Nate, can you expand on this report from the Combine? Now, in real time, Josh, it did not feel as catastrophic as you just read it. But when I did go back to my seat at the Indiana Convention Center and re-listen to the opening statement, it had to be put out to the world. And I appreciate the concern and the level of urgency that not only Chiefs fans, our listeners, and even those in the NFL media have for Andy Reid as he goes through this post-Hayes Super Bowl run where he can't even remember his own signature phrase. Seth, I, I would like to ask you, as uh, both a lawyer and a, a man of the cloth, I would ask you to try to help us uh, experience and understand the scale of this. Should we, one, be worried about Andy Reid, and two, be worried about the future of a podcast formerly known as Times Ours? Sure, sure. Well, you know, generally speaking, state to state, the standard for civil commitment is whether or not someone is clearly suffering from a mental illness that causes them to be a danger to themselves or others. And that that can be found in in, in a variety of ways, some of which being the things that they say. And I'm not going to say Andy Reid's behavior rises to that level, but I'm not going to say it doesn't. I would say it directly so, harms I mean, us you know, as a podcast called Times Ours. I- exactly. That, see, you know, see, Josh, I always thought that you were cut out for a career in the legal field. Thank you, Seth. Because it definitely does has caused harm to us, uh, both both emotional and physical, uh, interestingly enough. Yeah. And to, to paraphrase LeBron James, spiritual as yes. well. Um, there's been a great deal of harm done. As a, as a man of the cloth, I would just say that, you know, all we can do now is is, is wait lift, and hope. Lift, lift, lift our that, brother uh, Andy in, in prayer. <laughs> I, yeah, and we can, hope that, we can hope that this will come to a good end. Because, you know, I, 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 do, I do believe things are going to be all right. But this may be one of those things that isn't made right until the next world, Josh. I will also add, just as you know, again, from the lawyerly perspective, is in terms of, I mean, I listen, I don't want to say a potential lawsuit, but just as we are kind of <laughs> dealing with all of the damages, um, I actually got the Nate's tweet as a push notification, as I do all of Nate's tweets, um, and it, it popped up while I was driving, and I, it popped up on my screen, and I, uh, I drove my car straight into a big old ditch, and so my car is totaled, and I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually doing this show from a hospital bed right now in a full body cast. Sure, and what you, what, what I'm sure my client meant by that, Nate, before we, we hop in, is that. He gets those push notifications that then audibly they tells him because he's not, you. of course, admitting in any way, shape, or form to checking a cell phone while operating or admitting any sort of responsibility towards what happened. One hundred percent correct. Thank you, Mr. Kaiser. And I'm sure, I'm You're sure his car doesn't have cameras, GoPros, similar to like comedians and cars getting coffee. Correct. <laughs> it, unfortunately, it does not. I wish that it did, but it doesn't yet. So we so we can't yeah. we can't we well, can't no verify we this, but we will go on your on your oral <laughs> yeah. account. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank well, and there's there's no reason to think that a car that Josh is driving would possibly have any sort of mechanical failure because that never <laughs> happens to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, welcome uh, welcome officially now to 
again and with that, I'll leave the time up to ourselves. Podcast, podcast on the athletic. <laughs> the oh, podcast. oh, it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> you can go. To, you can still, if you're new to the athletic or haven't yet hopped on board completely, you can go to theathletic.com/slash/timesars. Um, but whenever theathletic.com/slash/again and with that, I'll leave the time up to ourselves. Podcast. <laughs> whenever that URL gets going, I will let you know. But still, theathletic.com/slash/timesars for a deal to get you started on the athletic is still there. For the time being, you know, it can take a while for a whole rebranding process to go, but I have submitted sure. all the proper paperwork. Uh, but in the meantime, would it be something if that if that domain if that domain were taken? <laughs> it would that be. would be that'd be a heck of a thing. <laughs> be pretty alarming. We're gonna have a rival podcast uh, pop up out of nowhere <laughs> with uh, Bosch Drisco, Keth Sizer, and uh, Tate Naylor. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Tate that was tough. I got nervous. Wow. Tate Tate Naylor yeah. was definitely the most problematic one for wow. sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Woo. Woo. we're running some risks today. Listen, I like it. I, I've already I've already used the the character Boss Trisco, so I knew that one was safe. But then I moved down the line, and I heard I heard myself say Tate Naylor. And I really regretted my choices. It got me to that point. Oh, all right. Well, let's pretend that didn't happen. So Nate Taylor, yeah, back from the combine. Woo! Don't know about the other guy. The other guy's dead. Nate went to Indianapolis and strangled Tate Naylor to death with his bare hands <laughs> in the combine. Uh, but Nate, when yes. you were out at the combine, you were getting this breaking news from Andy Reid. Uh, Seth is in Minnesota. That part doesn't really matter. And we're doing a show, so. Here we are. <laughs> this is the longest. <laughs> this is the longest intro to a show we've ever done, and frankly, I think it was worth it. Now, if you're wondering if I sound slightly um, different, the combine got me, y'all. <laughs> it out, it out here. It came, and it out here and got me. Um, so thrilled to be back in Kansas City. Um, I I had a a joyous time in my previous hometown of Indianapolis for a couple years. Uh, even got to go to a Pacers game. But yes, the Combine was just this. This is what the Combine sounded like in the media center in the Indiana Convention Center. <coughs> <coughs> Do you have any cough drops? <coughs> I had too many drinks last night. <coughs> Who's running 40s today? <coughs> so that's what it sounded like um, from about a thousand reporters, okay? And... You know, uh, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of communicating. I'm not sure everybody's washing their hands. Shout out. Please wash your hands moving forward. Just a, just a quick PSA. But yeah. How fast can the coronavirus cover 40 yards? <laughs> <laughs> the, the coronavirus is, ri- is steadily rising up the, uh, the draft boards in terms of you got to take them. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, Got an international oh, flair no. to it, but you know everybody needs to. Everybody needs to take notice now. Uh, but no, I think. I think for me, the the fun part about it was understanding. Not only was Andy Reid just like not really prepared to like, you know, <laughs> go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so it was so apparent. Like the first five minutes that like, and this is before Andy went to the podium. The first five minutes were like we see him, and I think. I'm trying to remember if it was it was Sean Payton. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It was uh, it was Sean McVay. Excuse me. It was McVay from the Rams who was doing his press conference, and he was going to go off the lectern 
and up the dais was going to go Andy Reid. And so we were just kind of chit-chatting. And, like, you could just tell that Andy's like, Why, uh, what am I doing? Like, I just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, Brett Veach, this is, like, his element. And, like, whether you're talking about yeah. Brent or you're talking about uh, Tim in, like, the scouting department and pro personnel, like, this is this is what they've been planning for, you know, for essentially 10 months. And so they're, they're ready to go. Andy's just like, uh... Yeah, so like, what do I say? What, huh? Okay, cool. And then he goes up on the stage and's like, so I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you guys handle this. Like, this is like, okay, coach, great, great, great. <laughs> but no, the combine is weird this year. I, you know, I, I've mentioned this to Josh on almost entirely sports on a ten sports radio a ten. Thank you, Nate. Um, I don't know if we learned anything, and I'm being I'm being blunt, honest. I don't know if I learned yeah. anything. Of true significance, just because at some point I need to just understand what the salary cap's gonna be in 2022, 23, and 24. Because the CBA is just hanging over everyone. And so for agents, for you know, player personnel people from other teams, from talent evaluators throughout the league, it's just hard to get a real gauge on like what's going to occur. So um I don't know, y'all. I know some things, and I will tell them, you know, here shortly. But it was a weird combine year, whether it's the coronavirus and it's uh, necessary understanding from everybody as, like, what they need to do to, like, sort of prevent the disease from spreading, um, whether it's the salary cap, whether it's, you know, the Pouncy Brothers going on video doing, like, nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is a safety issue as I record while I'm driving. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that was so bad. I have I have a coach's I have a coach's anecdote to give out that will also tell you. They don't even know what's going on. So they're just like, ah. So it's it's so weird, guys. The combine was incredibly weird this year. I, I have a combine theory, Nate, that I want to run by you that I think this is just this is just a theory I have. So I, I don't take anything from the combine. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm like I'm a film snob. You're a wise man. I'm probably Yes, and film and films <laughs> yeah, and film and large matters more than just about anything else other than like hey we interviewed him and this dude's weird let's maybe not bring <laughs> yeah, him yeah, in yeah yeah the, <laughs> the interviews the interviews so so that was the first thing is that the the most important thing at the combine with regards to the players is the interviews yeah, right yeah yeah that's okay so here's my second thing the reason the combine has blown up into what it is now other than the NFL's like hey a money making opportunity and they will never miss that is that it has gotten a lot of, of of press from sports journalists who just want to hang out together for a week. Tell me if I'm right about that. Now, now, now listen here, young sir. <laughs> I want to make it clear to my employer, The Athletic, that I had several business meetings, okay? Several, okay? There were stories that were written with as much information and context as I could provide, given the current state of affairs in the NFL. <laughs> I can also tell you that <laughs> the reason I sound this way is because I had so much fun with friends. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you are 100%, you know, you're 100% correct. And, you know, um, had, had, had some fun at Kilroy's. Had some, and, and this is for people in Indiana uh, who really know the city of Indianapolis, but ha- had some fun at Kilroy's. High velocity was very high this week. Uh, 
look, <laughs> it's not every day I get to hang out with like Lindsey Jones. It's not every day that like I get to take pictures with Robert Mays and literal literal people are like, I wanted to hang out with Robert Mays. And I'm like, well, you know, if you'd known him for a decade like I would, this would be great. Um, oh, will you apologize to him for me? Yes, I will. What? Yes. What? Cool. Okay. Well, we'll talk what about that off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I love Robert. Really? I love Robert Mays with a ringer. Shout out to him. Uh, who could I, you know. He does. He does great work. He does great work. But even like Jordan from the Athletic, who covers the Carolina Panthers, like, hey, you yeah. know, we just we just enjoy our time together. Um, David Ubbin from the Athletic, who covers Tennessee, everybody should check him out. That's one of my good pals. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is, um, let's cut that from the from the episode because, like, I I <laughs> did I talk to more people who cover this league and sport, <laughs> or did I talk to agents? Fellas, that's a toss-up at this point. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so good. You uh, you guys know about emergency, right? Like the uh, vitamin C powder. You put it in some water, stir it up, and you get some uh, vitamin C. Now, the reason I sound this well, despite sounding so poorly, is because, yes, did I take that? I also took Mucidex. I also took Pedialyte. I was on it. While also, um, wow. you know, doing way too much uh, at the same time. But it's... It's very well, clear that my, it's very clear that like writers just want to hang with other writers, and it's like, well, yeah. hey, someone is still opening and serving alcoholic beverages at this time. Shouldn't we all just go there? And it's like, yeah, but don't we have to get up at eight o'clock in the morning? And like, guys, specifically, I need to talk to all the cornerbacks. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Let's just keep going. And all of a sudden, it's like two thirty, and you're like, God, I make terrible decisions around my friends. Right. Yeah, and then you my, remember my, that the you're, reason that I asked. The reason that I asked about the emergency, if everyone's aware of that, um, is because what I'm imagining is that the drink of Indianapolis is just uh, it's just like a margarita, but with the sugar rim of emergency. <laughs> like that way, you're just you're kind of you're you're kind of doing both. Somebody you know? okay, you're helping and hurting your immune system. Okay, someone's got to make that. Somebody who writes for ESPN.com told me that they had a uh, that Kilroy's, which is the most legendary bar in Indianapolis. It's right next to the Banker's Life Fieldhouse. So. When it's basketball season, when you're coming off the All-Star break, when Indiana and Purdue are playing on the same night as a Pacers game, it's just, it's everything you would want it to be. It's wall-to-wall human beings. Um, But this person from ESPN.com ordered a drink that contained water in her Long Island to try to help hydrate this person while they were drinking (laughs) Long Island oh, iced teas. Oh no! This is legend. This is this is That's why a- Kil- this is why Kilroy's is undefeated in Indianapolis, in my opinion. They that give you a, water while they also move. intoxicate you. That is a pro move. I actually uh, see. No, this is going to come across like I'm proud of it. I'm not proud of my how I used to live. But what I would do is I would always walk around with my 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 liter of whatever and then a cup of water because you know you stay hydrated. And that was my chaser was water, and it works very well. So, Sorry, so Seth, why would you be ashamed of that? And also, do I need to change how I'm living? I did not have healthy habits, but we don't need to make everyone <laughs> sad about. It. We didn't look. I was the dude that like had like a bunch of friends that would party with me every night. That like one day I come home and they're all like, you know, Seth, we kind of want to talk to you, dude. Like, we're, we're all a little worried about you. It's like I was with you last night. Like, what are you talking about? So we, it's funny right now. If but if we delve any farther into it, this is gonna get like real o'clock and i don't think any of us need that like oh dang your life was kind of sad bro like we we don't need we don't need that but anyway pro move on the uh, on the water yeah 
So Indianapolis, <laughs> there's there's a threat, obviously, that this combine could be moved from Indianapolis, which is very central located. Uh, they have skywalks, so like you're not outside a ton. Um, but that it could be moved to Los Angeles, which the 405, I mean, um, yeah, you know, I may not see John Lynch when I'm talking to Josh Briscoe on the radio and then John Lynch look at me like, what is he talking? Is, is he on the chiefs? Uh, so yeah. And I'm like, John, that, John, that happened? yes, John Lynch came down an escalator while I was on the phone with you. <laughs> Um, Josh Briscoe and looked at me as I was explaining the Sebi Watkins situation and looked at me as like, who is this? Like looked around to some of his other staff members for the four and I was like, who, who is this dude? And then kept walking. And I was like, wow, I will, I will share this on the podcast. But yeah, there were several, yeah, there were several moments where you have conversations with people and then you're like, oh wow, that's Chuck Pagano from the bears or, you know, whoever's just like kind of rolling by or rolling through. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was I don't want it to leave Indianapolis because I'm sort of biased towards Midwestern cities. That makes sense from a geographical and infrastructure standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, this will probably be in LA in two years and it'll be even drastically different than what it is now. But in terms of getting information and understanding like where the chiefs stand in all of this, um, they're one of the few teams. There's like a handful that I understood where like, there's one of the few teams. And if you don't see as much activity as you would like from a fan perspective, the Chiefs really just can't do anything until they know what the CBA is or until they know what yeah. the salary cap is going to be um, with a new CBA, whether it goes up a certain degree or whether it stays sort of on this steady incline that we've had for the last four or five years or whether it balloons in some manner, um, which quietly would help them. Um, so, yes. so yeah, so it's, 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 it's a strange year just because um, when we do this podcast two weeks from now, guys, I don't know how much of what I – quote-unquote, learn from the combine will be still important then, if that makes sense, when, like, you yeah. know, when free agency really begins. So with with that as a caveat, like, we, like you said, we, we talked earlier this week, and, um, you know, Chris Jones is is getting franchise tagged, which is not surprising, but you did write about Chris Jones, what the Chiefs are trying to do, and again, like, look, the, the, um, the salary cap could go up $40 million for 2021, like, it could be 240 there was a report recently right, from right. Uh, from Matt Verder. I talked to him. I was talking about that on Friday. Like, you know, it could go to two forty. It could be two oh four this year. Yep. And then as the TV deal kicks in, I mean, it could blow up in a way that, like you said, there's a lot we don't know. Okay. So with, with, with all of those caveats, though, like, is there a? Do you have a feel for? It, less in terms of specifics and more in terms of ultimate goals. What the Chiefs are genuinely trying to do with Chris Jones. I think that they're hoping that the um, that the CBA, whenever it's sort of signed and ratified into an agreement, will that will have an exponential jump, whether that's two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, or they can backload a deal that brings Chris Jones in for the at least the next couple of years. That's the an overall plan. Now I know, um, you know, I, I talked to this, I talked about this to Seren on the radio uh, Thursday on NA10 on his show, but like. Yes, Chris Jones, I thought wisely, and a tip of the cap to him, you know, went on Colin Cowherd's show 
on the same day he was franchise tagged and was like, what else do you want me to do? Get 35 <laughs> sacks and be a maniacal human being? What else can I do with these hands for you, Brad Veach? Um, is Chris Jones Hulk Hogan? What happened there? That was much more macho man, Randy. Or no, was that Ultimate right. Warrior? Uh, if, if, I don't know. Right. Uh, say, say who you will. But like, Chris Jones was like... Do I have to destroy worlds to get a large contract? <laughs> and, and, and from my opinion, it's like, Chris, like, dude, they told you they were going to do this the moment the game ended. Like, come on, bro. Like, you were going to get franchised regardless of the situation, regardless even of the CBA. Like, had the CBA, like, if you're in year five of a 10-year agreement, like, they still would have franchise tagged you because you're never getting a free agency, young sir. That's how this works. Oh, yeah. And the problem with him is, is that, you know, what else do they want me to do? Like, you know, I I feel like I've done everything I've I've supposed to do, which is kind of true. It's like a half truth. It's like, yes, you showed up on time to training camp, but you also missed the whole summer for a holdout that was never going to materialize into really anything. Um, So, yeah, there's some bitterness and some pettiness on both sides. But I think the Chiefs want to sign him to like a five or six year deal where like the fourth, fifth, and sixth year is basically fake funny money. Um with the understanding too that like he will he would not have reached free agency. He would still be on the team for the next two years and that they would still be, you know, a pretty solid core um if they want to defend, you know, their Super Bowl title, which, you know, uh Clark has given every indication, including talking to you, Mr. uh Mr. Briscoe, uh at the one on one awards this weekend that they are they are, they want to compete and they want to be you know, the first team in however many years to go back to back, but they need to find a way to get Chris Jones on a long-term deal where the CBA and salary cap balloon at some point between now and 2025. Oh man. The Chris Jones thing. Yeah. It sounded like you were going to say something before I threw it to Nate a second ago, Seth. I'm curious. Actually, if you don't mind, let me, let me throw this in something that I've become in. If either of you want to take another side on this, feel free. But um, it seems to me, like the Chiefs will absolutely be in a place where they can pay Chris Jones if they want to. There are opportunity costs for that, obviously. We'll talk about Cam Irving in a minute, but eventually we'll be talking about probably some other offensive linemen, I would guess, the way that just by looking at the numbers across that line. And there will be guys they they can't keep and draft picks they don't get and all of that if they do keep Chris Jones. But as far as how the, the cap will move, um, obviously every team's going to get that cap space. It's not exclusive to the Chiefs or whatever, but... If the cap goes up $40 million next year, um, Frank Clark's deal is taking up a smaller percentage of the cap correct, now. Correct, correct. And, and so, you know, for, for Mahomes and Chris Jones, it might not help as much as you might think because, again, they're going to be negotiating with that in mind. Right. But everybody who is already under contract, their contracts become less expensive in a sort of ethereal way. Um, that's, so that's I'm, I've I've fully moved to like the Chiefs can retain Chris Jones if they want to. That's sort of where I'm at at this point. That's absolutely true. And all you got to do again, the numbers aren't exact, and it's it's more of like a ballpark type thing. But go to over the caps cap calculator and play around with contracts. There's room there. They can keep Chris Jones. And, like, you know, it might cost them some guys. But, like, even, like, fan favorites. Like, I had someone say to me, yeah, but if they sign Jones, they won't be able to keep Mike Pinnell. And I'm like, look, I like Mike Mm -hmm. Pinnell a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm actually writing Mm -hmm. about him today as one of the best uh, five moves Brett Veach has made. Because it had this unreal impact for what it was. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I come on like like and I don't even know how to argue with that like I just find myself going like come on like what do we <laughs> no like you don't not sign Chris Jones so you can retain like Sammy Watkins and I like Sammy Watkins but this is this isn't even hard math right this isn't even this isn't even like you know two dimes and a nickel equaling a quarter this is like two nickels not equally in a quarter like this is like yeah. it's simple yeah but if you give if you get if you keep that quarter you won't be able to take these two nickels i got for you it's like well that's true go on you know i just so <laughs> that, that whole thing just bothers me um i just wanted to say with regards two things with regards to first the salary cap thing in general um a long time ago i when i was a fan of the nba um i read a book called the jordan rules okay um, it's, it's a book about Michael Jordan that may not surprise either of you at this point. No. Nope. Anyway, and so it, <laughs> it, it, was, it was written after the it was written after the Bulls' Go first on. championship season, and it was talking about kind of some of the salary cap stuff that went around that year. I think it was a uh, Sam Smith or something Smith who wrote it, and he had like a ton of inside information. It was awesome. It was a great book. Um, and he wrote about Scottie Pippen's contract situation, and so what happened with Scottie Pippen? Obviously, one of the best players in the NBA, right? Well, he signed a deal right before the NBA signed a new TV deal, okay? And because he did that, he went from, like, you know, signing a pretty good deal to suddenly being, like, the 87th highest player in the league or something like that. Like, you know, like, Scottie Pippen's out here making $2 million a year or something. And it was bad. And I can't help but think of that when I think about these new TV deals. Because... Let me just tell you, CBS is coughing up 17 million bucks a year to Tony Romo. Which is what do you yeah. think they're going to offer the NFL <laughs> to keep that contract? Because CBS, you got to remember, network shows. I mean, they're in their death throes right now, and football yeah. is like one of the last gold mines existing. Even other live sports are going down in terms of viewership, right? Mm-hmm. Not football. Nope. NFL is just like, oh, yeah. Hey, look, you know, we've got, uh, you know, just some random team. Look, the Cardinals are playing the Browns. Oh, hey, look, 25 million people still watched it. It's just ridiculous. Yep. And so CBS is going to throw an absurd amount of money. ESPN, which, remember, is owned by Disney, who has all the money in the universe. I'm pretty sure Disney owns everything, including me. So, you know, I, for one, welcome our new Disney overlords. They're going to offer everything to the NFL because in, in, the, in a day of digital content, sports, and especially the NFL, it's one of the last, you got to watch it live things that exist yep. rather than streaming it, right? Yep. And like yep. watching it later. And so this is, maybe this is all really boring to other people. I have no idea. But this is all to provide context to the fact like these TV deals are a big deal. And that's why like Matt's info, and I trust Matt. Matt has worked his butt off to get sources inside the league. And if he says that he's got people telling him that it's, it might go up to $240 million, that's because people in the league think it's going to go up to $240 million. And that's, and, again, for clarification, that is for 2021. We're not talking about 2030. Right. And that's just like, oh, that's like $40 million. It's like, wow, just, wouldn't just, that be just, something? Just laying around, too. Just... We, like, yeah, just, laying just laying around like you found it off the couch cushion, like between the seats. Like I, I, yeah, people, yeah. people would like to watch Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes play one another. I, I, you know, I just, hey, 
Hey, did you know? Did you know we could spread forty million, forty million around to every team, and it wouldn't even come close to making us in the red. Wouldn't come close. Absolutely. And they 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 they're figuring these things out, and that's why like fans. And then you add into this not just the new TV thing, but like say like that extra playoff game or two. And I understand people have opinions about this with regards to player safety, all that stuff. I get it. But we're talking about salary cap right now. Right. Having an extra game per year, that matters because that's an extra game the networks are paying for, which means, and like, or like, say, like with the CBA negotiations, it's like, oh, you know, the player share is going to go up from 48 to 48.5. And everyone's like, who cares? It's like 0.5 of like a $15 billion industry is a lot of flipping money. And yeah. that means that goes to the players, which means the salary cap goes up. So all of these things could be playing out just right for the Chiefs. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if it were hard for the Chiefs to get a deal done with Mahomes right now. Because yeah. if you're Mahomes' agent, are you really going to have him sign a deal right now? No, it's it would, be, then watch, it would, it would yeah. be it would be considered malpractice in a lot of ways. And um, yeah. you... You want to look, they have all the leverage anyway, um, which is not like right. say anything earth shattering, but you just want to see, you know, there was a question that I asked Brett Veach on Tuesday where it was essentially like, is it better to get my homes done now so that, f- so that you at least know exactly what your numbers are going to be for the least the next two years, even depending on what happens with the CBA, or is it better to try to figure out Chris Jones's situation much like Scotty Pippins, maybe not to that degree, but that his right. deal takes up, like Josh mentioned, a shorter percentage as it moves along up the ballooning scale. And then oh, you no. put Mahomes on the deal where, like, yes, he's still the highest paid player. He is still, you know, dwarfs everybody else. And he still got that contract at the right time when you were allowed to extend him under the current circumstances of the new CBA. Um, yeah, all these things sort of matter. But you're right, Seth, in that. It makes no sense for really either side to communicate, whereas now, and this is why I wrote this on Tuesday, everything sort of shifts to Chris Jones because you knew he was going to get franchise tagged, and he's the player you have to figure out before anything else goes on this offseason. Right. Yeah. And that's, if, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying to get Mahomes' deal done right now and just sure. figuring out the rest later, right? Like, hey, Mahomes, yeah, will you take 36 mil a year? Will you take 38 mil a year? Because you know what? If they get that done and then the CBA happens, there, there's just no way Lee Steinberg's going to agree to that. There's nope. no way. Nope. Because Mahomes doesn't need it. He's not some – he's, he, he, yeah, he's he, a first-round pick anyway, you, so you he's saying, got the money. Are you saying that, that – that, that, so when, when Pouncey is driving around uh, Miami <laughs> – <laughs> Telling guys that hey, if you gotta get rent money, come holler at me. You okay? Like, we'll take care of that rent, baby. It's all good, man. This is a bull bleep deal. It's a bull bleep deal. I'm talking to you, Patrick oh. Mahomes. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm talking to the guys who are at the bottom of the depth chart. Right, yes. exactly. And and look, he says that, but I'm just gonna go ahead and anyone, you know, he actually gave himself. A, there's a there's a theory in law called promissory promissory estoppel. To where honestly, if if these players don't sign the CBA because of him and what he said, and then go to him looking for rent money, and he says no, they can have, they can have a lawsuit against him if they wanted to. And I I could be wrong. I'm guessing Pouncey didn't think of that. Maybe I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing um, that he was a little bit of emotion. He was he was a little bit emotional he was, after he got off the oh, teleconference. Okay. So, this the, is about safety. I, this is not safe. <laughs> it's like he's staring at the camera while he's driving. I got stressed I, out watching that. 
Guys, the this is like this is uh, we're recording on Sunday afternoon this time. We're breaking the, the wall. That's okay. Um, but I noticed that uh, that Brooke Pryor of ESPN tweeted a screenshot from uh, Marquise Pouncey's Instagram. <laughs> yes. This is from this is from three hours ago. Oh no! Three hours before we started. Oh no! This like just this is this is this afternoon. She tweeted this at about two thirty Central um, on Sunday, and in the Instagram screenshot says three hours ago. It says we're in the process of drawing up another fund to help in wake of this twenty twenty one strike. I myself, Mike Pouncey, Russell Okung are all putting up two hundred and fifty thousand dollars apiece, along with a lot of <laughs> that, vet players. Stay that tuned. Ain't enough. At NFLPA, this is not the $250,000 that each player will already receive if slash when we strike. This fund will be additional to that. I mean, he is just, I mean, hey, he, he's doing a lot of work right he's, now. I'll tell he you is, he is, ta- he is, he is hashtag ride or die. He may, yeah. he may be the latter, but he going to be out here riding before he out here dying. <laughs> <laughs> he may do the latter, but man, was he trying to ride. Man, was, <laughs> man, did, he, man did he ride before he died, though. Woo! Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's, I mean, look, 200 that's but, great that they're willing to do this, but it's not enough. It's not. You're never going to wait out the owners. You're not. These guys have, Clark Hunt has oil money, people. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this and this was going to be my this was going to be my point Seth. Like here's the difference between not only players themselves but team organizational thought process. Like um Dustin Colquitt who is either at the very end of his career or is really close is the player rep for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was in Indianapolis. Um our colleague Lindsey Jones saw him come out of the 4-hour meeting that was handled on uh, uh, that was conducted on Wednesday, I believe, where the players basically decided, no, we need we need to we need to regroup and we need to really stand for what we truly truly want as an as a complete workforce, right? Dustin Colquitt is not out here talking, y'all. Um, nobody <laughs> from the Chiefs is out here talking. The Chiefs are yeah. talking about the White House in 2020 <laughs> before they'll ever talk about the CBA deal, which is insane yeah. to me. But that goes right to your that goes right to your point, Seth. Clark Hunt is out here like we will spend the money. Don't you worry about us. Let's right. see what let's see what the situation how how it materializes how it moves forward. Um. God bless Brooke Pryor and the Steelers nonsense. Cause whoo, have they been on a on a on an unprecedented run of just like what what is going on? Like y'all used to be like the model of a stable, well-run franchise, and now it's just a yeah. cluster, you know what, of calamity where they're talking yeah, about well. giving up money for something that's like look, if you think the players are truly gonna walk, let me tell you that's Come not on. happening. Uh Come so on. Come on, I mean, and that that, that, that makes it hard for the NFLPA. I get that. Yes, such it makes huge, it incredibly it's hard. Su- it's such a huge union, but honestly, I, I've looked at the terms of the CBA that got offered, and I know a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings on this. Most of which I think are based on preconceived notions. Say what you will, that 2011 agreement, the players got destroyed. Destroyed, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, absolutely destroyed. And is this in a vacuum a great deal for the players? No. no. Is it much better than the 2011? Yes. And so at a certain point, you got to think long term here and you're not going to what's the you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to make up getting destroyed. And remember why they got destroyed because the lockout because they rushed because they rushed into it. 
Yeah. Uh, and and they just so you just to me the 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 deal that's been offered now I I'm pretty lukewarm on the 17 games. I get all that stuff. But like gains financially and in terms of certain things, if you can take gains, then you can make more gains at the next one. I I think this is kind of a slow play situation. But that's just me. I tend to be more conservative in the risks that I'm willing to take when I've got a family to provide for. And I think, I could be wrong, but if it's going to a straight vote, and that's my understanding, it's like a straight kind of democratic vote of yep. everyone. One, one versus that's one. What you're gonna yep. s- mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're going to see because most NFL players aren't starters. They got two or three years at most to make their money. And... And, and try to get vested and all that stuff. And for them, they're not going to waste a year of that. Because some of those guys, this year, they'll never get this shot again. They're on a roster right now. And they might not be yeah. in a year. And so it's hard to blame those guys. So I just want to, just anyone who's really just hard line, like, oh, those guys would be scabs if they, whatever. Just remember that this is their money, their families. They've, you got to think of those things just as much as you got to think of those things when a player holds out for more money. It's his money. Why is it any of our business what they do with it? Yeah. One one thing, just for clarification, just because I'm not sure if we've said that, I don't think we've said this at least in this show today. Th- there is not a threat of a lockout this upcoming season. No, they're 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 negotiating a year ahead, so this, they're not rushing into it this time as they did the last year. Yes. This, this won't shorten training camp this year, or whatever. They, they could not get a deal done this off season and still play football next year. Uh, right. But the the reasoning behind trying to get it as quick as possible is because they're trying to sell some TV deals. Yeah. So, yes. The money the money is in a hurry, but the lockout is not the reason for it. Right. Essentially, right. right. And and you also have to realize too that for every Russell Wilson for every Aaron Rodgers um there's there's somebody who understands that if you handle your money correctly you can make more out of it once a deal is signed versus then waiting an entire year and letting the Mm -hmm. owners really pressure you in a way that they can't possibly Mm -hmm. do at this moment so concessions need to be made on both sides but yes it's clear the league is willing like that like NFL players who want to be treated like Major League Baseball or those players in the NBA, like you haven't reached that level yet. It's probably never going to happen. And be thankful that like there are some things that the league is willing to understand versus 10 years ago. That sounds silly and stupid now. And let's make everybody um, a little bit more. And again, this is not this is not for me. This is the perspective of like the owners and the league itself. But like, let's let let's make everybody whole right now with the understanding that if the new TV deal works the way we think it's going to work, you're going to have generational wealth, and that the league is going to be in a much stronger position than it was ten years ago. There are a handful of things that I want to blast through here momentarily, but first, let's all hit pause. Not you listening. You keep listening. You don't hit pause. <laughs> don't hit anything. But the three of us I'd like to pause for a minute. And I'm gonna go back to that intro voice. We're kind of we're kind of down here now. This is hey, this has been a fun podcast we've all been having. But I'd like to take a, a brief moment to ask you, dear, dearly beloved, gathered here today, listening to Times Ours. You you are no doubt beautiful, smart, intelligent listeners. I'd like you to go to the show notes for today's episode and then click on that link that's there to a very short survey. You know. You know so much about us. You know that we can't record these episodes at 6 a.m. You know that children will run around in the background screaming and uh, generally derailing the direction of the show. You know what it sounds like when we're all trying to sell the world medicine for erectile dysfunction. You know so much about the three of us, but we know so little about you. 
So click on the survey in the show notes. It's 11 super simple questions. It'll take you a sub 60 seconds, unless you, I mean, really need to take a lot of time. But I'm telling you, you can you can get through this here in a minute. So so head over to the show notes for t- to today's episode, in today's episode, and click on the link there. We, we would appreciate it very much to get to know the audience that we're uh, playing to. Again, I've already told everyone at The Athletic, uh, smart, handsome, beautiful, uh, great taste in podcasts, probably great fashion sense. Definitely a good sense of humor um, and the smartest football fans that exist because you listen to this show. Also very patient, both with our intros, our content, and our ad reads. But uh, outside of that, there's a lot we don't know. So click on the link in the show notes. Seth, were you say, it sounded like you are going to say something, Seth. No, I laughed. And I was just thinking, uh, oh, okay. as, as you were saying the things that they know about us, I almost added in like, you know that Seth used to chase his hard liquor with water. You know, just like. <laughs> you, know, you know that now. Yeah, That's you just know. You know. You know, not great things about all of us. No, I actually, I got distracted midway through. And this will add to the things because I'm sitting in my 13-year-old son's room and I found a pill. And that's that's disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a probiotic. Does it, does it say, does it, listen, look at the pill closely. Does it say Molly on it? I'm going to, well, actually, I'm going to spread the powder and sniff it and see what happens. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow no. uh Seth, sure let me advise you to not do that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, until until we until we hit the stop button on the on the record yeah yeah at least let me this, wait that, for a minute before i go full tony montana on this that, bad boy that, that's technically your free time and with that you can do whatever you want sir <laughs> the time shall be mine yes <laughs> oh sorry about that fellas I, uh, it's, a, no. it's a Sunday That's... afternoon. I'm in a good mood. I'm finding pills. Life is good. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry, Josh. I like that. I like that sound bite. I'd like to hear that every time Seth texts me. I would just like that little sound bite. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk about in the next 20 minutes or so. So let's try to blast through a few of them here. Um, we hadn't really talked about Sammy Watkins much this week, and then as Nate mentioned earlier, he was on uh, 810 with me earlier this week. And we, we, we were probably 25, 20, 25 minutes into the segment about to wrap. I was like, Nate, give me what you think about Sammy Watkins here. It's been quiet. And Nate really surprised me with what he is expecting the Chiefs to end up doing with Sammy Watkins. So, Nate, surprise everybody else. They're going to try on both parties to find a way to keep him for next season. Um, that's what I heard at the Combine. Again, again, these things are rather fluid and things can move um, in a different manner before March 18th, which is when free agency in the new league year begins. But up until something else occurs, you know, obviously uh, Sammy's representation along with the Chiefs front office met um, at some point during the combine. Uh, I was trying to get like an exact time as to when that occurred, but I believe it was either Thursday or Friday. Um, but my understanding is that they're going to try to figure out an extension that will somehow get him under the cap in a you know relatively um, decent manner for the 2019 season, in that as 2020 occurs, as we probably know more about the CBA and the salary cap, um, Semi will then probably go into free agency uh, because he does want to be a part at least of the title run, uh, or excuse me, the title repeat, excuse me. Um, and, you know, Sammy Watkins is no dummy. Uh, Sammy Watkins is like, hey, I used to catch balls from EJ Manuel in Buffalo. Um, and Jared Goff, while having some high moments, uh, yeah, it's not as consistent as Patrick Mahomes. And if I go to free agency right now, 
there will be no one who will throw me the football or get me as open as Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. So um, he's seeing where the landscape is shifting. He would like to remain a part of the team in one capacity or the other. But the hope, I think, for both parties is like, hey, let's spend another year together. Um, let's see if we can win another championship. And then if you are forced to cut Sammy in 2021, then that's mostly understandable on both parties. Huh. Set, well, Nate, also, you give me this as far as like um, percentage chances of things uh, going through uh, one way or another. Yeah, I mean, it's. I know I you're. I know you're like taking information. And it, we're going educated guesses. Yeah, right. Yeah, this I is just, this is really educational. And again, things can change. Like this is not set in stone or anything until yeah, yeah. like you make you know you know. I don't want to be the guy that goes until pen hits paper. You don't know what's gonna happen. But <laughs> I just did that. Um, you did. What? You did do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that from? I don't know. It's just these are the things that go. It had in. some Monty Python vibes yeah, that go for me. that go through my mind. Um, but yeah, until we know for sure, I, I would say there's a more likelihood that he that he tries to remain with the team versus the team being forced to cut him for like salary cap reasons. There's no like the Chiefs do not want to lose Sammy Watkins. That's very clear. Even in even in the one comment that Andy Reid gave about. Sammy Watkins, which was like, hey, what do you think of Sammy Watkins' deal? And, you know, hey, he has, like, that $21 million cap hit. And Andy's like, Sammy's in a good place. He's in a really, really good place, which I interpret as, like, Sammy knows what's up. And, like, we know what's up. And, like, let's just we're, – we're slowly going to figure this out. So I think there's a greater chance. I don't know if you want to say 51% versus 49 But, like, somewhere in there where it's like there's, there's – there's more likelihood of him staying for the 2020 season in some capacity, given the cap structure or what do you ha- whatever you have to do from a mechanical situation versus him just being cut and going into free agency. And, yeah, Sammy Watkins will still command a good salary, but Sammy understands, too, that, like, hey, um, Kansas City's cool. Patrick Mahomes is great. I would like to keep winning. Yeah. Seth, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen until Pin hits paper. No, but, I figured uh, out I, who that was. It was okay. Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride. My father's <laughs> last very words good. were. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it was. I spent the whole time he was talking trying to think of that. I'm sorry, Nate. That was dead on Prince Humperdinck right there. <sighs> So, in your best Prince Humperdinck impression, can you quantify how much you uh, how much you value Sammy Watkins? <laughs> Here he goes. Um, hold on. No, no, no. Now the pressure's too on. He's perhaps somewhat important, but not really. <laughs> Which is that's look. I, look, I like Sammy Watkins. He's a good player. I, I, he played great in the playoffs. He played well in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm a big McCool Hardman guy. Um, yeah. I, I think Hardman in the second year, he was better his rookie season as a pure wide receiver than Tyreek Hill was in his rookie season. And it wasn't even that close. So yeah. I think he's going to make a big jump year one to year two. Not because again, he's not quite as quick as Hill or, and he doesn't have quite that top speed. He's closer than you think though. Um, so I have a lot of faith in him. I, I like Watkins. I, here's my one thing with Veach, and I'm actually in the middle of writing an article about all the great things Brad Veach has done. I really like Brad Veach. One of them's already but, up. It's very good. Oh, thank you. But I, if there's one thing about Veach, it's like he gets like his dudes, and he is like, no, these are my dudes. These guys are great. And it's like, is he though? 
Like, uh, it's kind of I don't like know. I don't know. Brett, Brett Veach was like, look at that. Seth, hit up the film in the playoffs, dog. And Yo. I will tell you, Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Watkins' representatives will tell you the stat, and I don't know it exactly, but, you know, this is a conversation I have, where it's like, when Sammy Watkins plays is on the field and finishes the game. Do you know what the Chiefs record is in the last two years? And I'm like, it's overwhelmingly win versus loss. And they're like, yeah, I, I I can look this up later. But like, it is vastly clear that when he's on the field and is you know healthy, which is an issue, uh, but when he's healthy, they win at, at a at a rare clip in NFL from an NFL standpoint. They do. They do, and that that does make sense. And he does have a valuable role. And, and I think. It, I, I think he could probably put up even bigger stats than he does. The health thing's a big deal. Yep. We got two years in a row now where he could not stay healthy, and that's going to come yep. up. Because at a, at a certain point, it becomes something you anticipate. I, I just, it's the but numbers this, so big. But this is but this is why, but this is a good point, Seth. With the injury question, this is why, if you could figure it out on both ends, why one more year makes a lot more sense than like, guaranteeing two or three from now, you know, for based right. on what you based on what you've understood who the player is over his first five or six seasons in the league. Right. And it makes sense for Sammy too. Cause let's say let's say he figures out some way to make this next year his actual last year and then you've got like a pretend year after that. Right? Where it's, you know, whatever it is you do. Because no matter what they do with him, let's say they just cut him out right. His cap hit would be seven mil anyway. For yep. this next year. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you can figure something out where his cap hit isn't that high above 7 mil, well, okay, yep. you know, I could see it. And then you just have, you know, like you said, funny money the next year. Then it makes sense because he does help the team win Super Bowls. He absolutely does. And for him, it makes sense to do that, even though it's effectively like a pay cut to maybe what he might be able to get on the open market. Because if he has one fully healthy year mm-hmm. in Kansas City, mm-hmm. that's all it'll take. And he mm-hmm. will get paid. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> I'm going to quit while I'm still ahead here. I haven't satisfied someone like that in a while. So that was- <laughs> now, now, hold. Okay. I, you know what? Podcast is over permanently. Goodbye. <laughs> Josh, I don't know what you mean. That was the joke that ended it for me. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the line. So no, Sammy, I I guess I I know they love him. I could see them keeping him. I guess for me, I would prioritize some other things first. But if they can make it work with what Nate's describing, that sounds beautiful. Uh, somebody else talk about Cam Irving. I got. I, I so have here, to quit. here's I really here, I really here. shook Josh up today, haven't I? That one really got me. I don't know why that one got me. It was so you said it so casually. Yeah, and I was just trying to you know push him push him over because he was he was hitting all the right notes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, Cam Irving. So yes, we all sort of expected this, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if everybody on either end didn't understand what was going to happen. But Cam Irving, as poorly as he played against the Indianapolis Colts and the uh, Houston Texans, I believe in October, uh, still has some value. He is clearly a swing tackle slash swing. Um, you know, guard that can be serviceable to another team. He has won a Super Bowl. Um, he did. Now, I will say, if someone would have gotten hurt during the playoff run last year, Cam Irving would be the first guy up. Um, just because Andrew Riley was dealing with his own injury, and so Cam Irving dressed for all three playoff games. Now, uh, they do save a little bit of money. It's about a little over three million in, in sort of cap savings. Um, it's necessary, especially when you franchise Chris Jones, because that money goes on your books immediately, essentially. 
um, and they need to figure out his situation before the franchise, uh, excuse me, before free agency begins on March 18th, because once that is enacted yeah. and once you're on the franchise tag, basically you have no money to deal with. So you got to start right. um, cutting people or trading them away again. As I told Josh on Sports Radio 810, I'm not really sure who's of like super trade value who could be a ca- casualty other than like maybe Damian Will- well, Wilson, excuse me, the linebacker, not throwing him back. But even Damian Wilson is like kind of valuable to the Chiefs. Like I don't, I'm not really sure why you'd cut him when he would be making a minimum salary uh, anyway for next year. And maybe you could trade Daniel Sorensen. I, I, I don't know. So this is just the first of perhaps many guys who will be moved on. With the understanding yeah. too that like Nick Allegretti is you know had a full season to understand the offense, so maybe he's up uh, for the task. Martinez Rankin, who people somewhat yes. forget, was really, really good yes. in November. Was, like, really good yes. in November before he got hurt against the uh, Tennessee Titans, the last game the Chiefs lost of last season. And so between Nick Allegretti, Martinez Rankin, maybe Andrew Wiley comes back a little bit healthier. Um, all these things may lead one to believe that Cam Irving was the odd man out to begin sort of the offseason. One other name that I had completely forgotten about, Greg Sinna is also on the roster the next two seasons. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we don't need, we don't know much of like less than a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know much about him, but we're going to find things out as we get through the, you know, yeah. mandatory uh, mini camp and, and training camp. I have literally no idea who that is. He's an offensive lineman. Oh, oh really? Is he? Yeah. He's, oh. Yeah. He was wow. uh, like a late round draft pick from Baltimore. To yeah. They got him. They got him know. towards recently. Yeah. They got young. him. They got him towards the middle of last season before even the Terrell Suggs uh, transaction, I think occurred. This is yeah. easily the dumbest I felt about the Chiefs in a few years because that was like you said the name. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, the dumbest I felt this year was when Demone Harris got on the field and then played and for the remainder the of the year, Seth. And I, and I saw a 52 on the field. I was like, who the crap is that guy? Hey, hey Super I Bowl. I have no hey, idea who that was. Hey, Super Bowl champion, Mr. Harris. That to you, sir. <laughs> yep. Oh. A quick side note, and before I say one thing about Cam Irving, I wore my Chiefs tie to to work the other day, and I wore it to court and stuff for the first time. And let me just tell you, it never got old because we're in Vikings country. It's like, oh, take that stupid Chiefs you know tie off, blah blah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you must be mispronouncing Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs tie. Is that is that is that the mistake you made? Here's a here's a free tip to uh, young and upcoming attorneys. Saying that to the judge right before a hearing was <laughs> oh, I, what you can't yeah, he, you can't do that to your guy on the stand. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I was feeling feisty, and then fortunately he laughed. So so good, we're good. Go. good. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, I can still practice uh, in 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 the state of Minnesota, at least that I'm aware of. So Cam Irving. You know what? He did contribute some things. Um, he did almost like you know break Mitch Schwartz's leg once too. So I mean, that's a thing. But he did have some really good games. I should not laugh at that. I should not laugh at that. But geez, man, that is that that is his that is his one his two lowlights last last year were almost crippling the indestructible Mitchell Schwartz and completely whiffing on uh, Justin Houston to where there were guys who were like, well, you know, that might have not been his blocking assignment. I'm like. What to block Justin like, Houston? Yeah, uh, yeah. On, yeah, on yeah, a fourth and what? Huh? Huh? 
yeah, yeah they just <laughs> what that was bad that anyway, was so bad anyway his, but he his, did have he had some good games yeah he had his, a few good games yeah i think cam irving's highlight of the season was week two coming in for an injured um eric fisher who just didn't have it that day and then for right. one quarter cam irving was perfect and the Chiefs scored 28 yeah. points and the game was over yeah he did his job, and it was great. And he he had some good games at guard last year. He did some good things. And he also, we talked about this last week, so we don't need to dwell on it a lot. He was in every celebration that you could find. Like when my family and I were high-fiving in our living room during the Super Bowl, Cam Irving popped up and high-fived me somehow. And it was unbelievable. He was part of every celebration in every mic'd up segment. He, good for you, Cam. I hope that helps in free agency, and it should. Team player. Exactly. Uh, there there are a couple things that you guys wrote earlier this week that I'm now looking at the clock and saying we probably won't get to. Uh, Seth, you mentioned that you wrote about Brett Veach um, yes. and, and his moves 10 to 6, and then 5 to 1 is coming next, right? Yep, yep. If, you, if you're hearing this on Monday, it's probably already up. Um, Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the honorary mentions as well. If you sit down and do, like... Try to make a list of the best things Brett Veach did. Brett Veach crushed 2019. Like, he destroyed it. He he, he Tyson furied that all over the Devontae Wilder that was the rest of the NFL. It was Deontay. awesome. Deontay, there's no V. Dang so, it. So are you, tell, are you telling me Mr. Wilder's I, costume entering the arena was 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 Antonio Brown with the with the Oakland Raiders? Are you telling me that? <laughs> My legs were oh what of all the things he could have said that is literally the worst excuse that he could have made. Bad. Are you telling me Antonio Brown sabotaged both the Raiders and the Patriots last season to the benefit of <laughs> the Chiefs? Are you point. telling me that? He That's did. A great he point. did. D- never forget what he did. What his contributions was in 2019 for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> he destroyed two rivals in one season. <laughs> That's incredible. Good on him. Well, and Nate, you also wrote about uh, how the Chiefs feel picking at 32. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about that as well. So we'll I, people can go read both of those. They're both they're both very good. And, and then by the time uh, Seth's full Brett Veach uh, ranking is up, we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. Um, but one thing that you wrote about specifically from the combine, Nate, that I wanted to at least give a minute to here is that the Chiefs are looking at corners very closely at the combine. And then we can also open that up, talk about the fact that right now the Chiefs have like two actual corners on the roster like Traverius Ward they feel good about Brett Veach also talked a little bit about Rashad Fenton whenever he talked earlier this week at the combine and you know it called him like essentially a starter because even your your fourth corner in this defense is playing 70% of the snaps or whatever but um whenever you look at what the Chiefs have been doing so far in terms of the guys they've interviewed and all of that Nate what did what did you learn this week or what are you keeping an eye on going forward now at the cornerback position yeah it's it's something like if there was a homework assignment I could give to every fan that's listening, look through the entire position group at cornerback for this year's draft class and tell me who your favorite is. Cause, and I'm, I'm talking like guys that will like, like start with AJ Terrell. Like that's a guy who could, who could, you know, fall to the chiefs at 32 based on what I'm hearing at the combine and his evaluation and what other teams are prioritizing at other positions, which could make cornerback less prioritized, at least in the first round of the draft. So start with like AJ Terrell and then go down and tell me who you who you think is the best prospect because there's there's a case to be made for him. There's a case to be made for Price Hall from uh, Virginia. Woo! And I, I guess somebody's really happy with that. <laughs> what? 
with the understanding that like maybe him and Juan Thornhill could you know have some magic again at the NFL level. I, I you know there there's guys that you may not have heard of, and I didn't know. I mean, I kind of knew this watching some college football last year, but man, Utah did a really good job in the secondary, and so there's a couple guys from Utah whether at safety or at DB or at cornerback, depending on, you know, what Steve Spinoza likes to do and what he and what we realize is that he will do a, a plethora of things with you uh, at that cornerback position, is there there's somebody for everyone to like in this draft class. And that's what will be really interesting if the Chiefs do take a cornerback pretty high in the first or second round. What do you prioritize? Do you prioritize man? Do you prioritize flexibility that, hey, they can play outside, inside? Hey, maybe they can even go a tad bit into the safety realm. Is there someone who does zone with the concept of being physical at the line of scrimmage so that you can still adjust the receiver off their release while also having your eyes for the quarterback and being fundamentally in principle sound? There's there's enough to really go around, and you have to treat every interview at the combine with a level of importance because you only get so many interviews. I think it's down from about 45 to 40 now. They interviewed like a, like a quarter of their interviews were all about defensive backs, and which was you know, obviously in the story. And so I think that's important. Maybe after two years of wondering what the hell they were going to do at cornerback, maybe they'll maybe they'll pick a quarterback a cornerback in the draft pretty high. Now last year they did take Rashafin. He turned out way better than I ever thought he would. Um, and I should re- I should clarify this. Uh, per over the cap, there are three cornerbacks on the roster for next year. Traverius Ward, automatic starter. Rashad Fitton, your projected slot corner as of right now. And Alex Brown, who was a special teams darling who did, I forgot about who did play in all three postseason games. Also, Super Bowl champion Alex Brown out here <laughs> is on the roster for 2020. So they actually have three cornerbacks. I should make that change in the article. But, yes, they have three cornerbacks. One you can count on. One you feel really good about, one who is a special teams darling that will probably be on the roster next year because, you know, Dave Tobe has a say in and where these decisions go when you get to the 45th through 30, uh, 45th through 53rd man. But yes, cornerbacks, go out there and find them, figure out one you fall in love with, and then get really, really pissed when the Chiefs don't take him in the first round at the 32nd pick. <laughs> uh, before I go to the uh, parent president of the Bryce Hall fan club, uh, I was Googling Bryce Hall to just pull up some of his stuff from Virginia, and I found out that there is a uh, a TikToker, a TikToker, I don't know, named Bryce Hall that has like three and a half million followers and just does dancing lip sync videos and is a social media star that I uh, have absolutely no idea who this is. And I, am I old now? Did I get old? Did I just get old? It happens fast, my friend. Yeah, he's got three yeah, million. Dude, I turn thirty five tomorrow, so you, you'll be okay. Oh, happy birthday, Seth! Well, thank you, you old old man. Yeah, I know. My wife will not stop with like she's like she's like shook. <laughs> I'm turning thirty five. I mean, under- understandably, yeah. She's like it's like you know like the scene on Zoolander. When Josh, you might not know this, where I she says, "I'm not 35." Where she says, "Where she says to Stiller and Owen Wilson's character, yeah, I used to be fat." And he goes, "Ew, what? what? That's the funny, <laughs> yeah, ew. Okay, ew. okay, let's all just be cool." And it's just that. By the way, Zoolander, I should movie. go rewatch that a great because movie. I feel like that's. I feel like it's probably good. Gas station Steve. That's that's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> just the scene at the gas station alone is incredible. Oh. Anyway, but why I was models? six years old whenever yeah, that movie yeah. came out. <laughs> that <laughs> line where, like, you know that line where like, he's like, yeah, but why Bill Miles? And David Duchovny goes, 
you you mean I just I just said that. <laughs> you know that was you know that was improv because people actually screwed up the line. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, David oh. Company just full on just improv. Oh, that is just... so funny, but it's an incredible movie. It's an incredible The second one, not so much. But no, yeah, I've, I've, I've haven't heard great things about that. Um, anyway, man, I have derailed us so many times today. And I'm I trying really right have. now to vamp and regain my train of thought. We were talking about Bryce Hall, I think. You're talking about Bryce Hall, not the TikToker, but the defensive back. Okay, Bryce Hall. I Not the TikToker. When I watch... Okay, okay, I, I swear I won't talk about the TikToker. <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about being old. But anyway, we've made it there. Oh, I'm yeah. old. It's freaking my wife out. She's, that's what she's like. She's like, ew. Every time I bring it up, it's like, woman, yeah, it's come on. Gross. that That's the woman that you accused of being like middle-aged, Josh, in case you're wondering. It only gets um, better from here, Jazz. I, <laughs> 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 yeah, like she listens to the show. Let's be honest. Um, so anyway, my, uh, okay, my experience with Bryce Hall is watching Juan Thornhill's film and going like, who is this demigod? playing cornerback who is bigger than every wide receiver and is still running with them and just blanketing them. And so I'm all team Bryce Hall. Now I don't watch college football, so I don't know anything about any of these guys, but the fact that that matter. Yeah. Or TikTok. That's also true. I know Pat Mahomes brother has it. That's about the extent of what I know. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) keep, Hey Seth, keep it it going. (laughs) Keep it moving. So, but Bryce Hall, he jumped out to me. He's super physical. I think he could be a really great addition. Now I think he had some sort of injury and that's one reason why he might be available to the chiefs. And there's maybe like supposed concerns about his top end athleticism, but spag system doesn't need like crazy great runners. Yep. He needs he needs physical smart like a Bashad Breland yep, type. Yep. Hall is Hall is more athletic than Bashad Breland. And Breland, let me just tell you, we'll see. I think Breland might be a Super Bowl tax guy. He gonna get paid. I think that. Yeah, I think that dude. He he did his prove it year and he proved it. And man, did he pick a great game to the Super Bowl? That just like you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make some tackles for losses here. And I'm gonna fight my way through George Kittle's block because I need my money. This is the George Kittle is trying to keep me from ten million dollars right here, and yeah. I'm gonna go get it. And so, anyway, Bryce Hall would be a great pick. I'm excited about that, and I, I just I, it sure would be nice if they could bring back Breland, but I don't think they can. Okay, I think we did it. I think we made it, everybody. I think we got through most of the things I want to talk about today. Plus, learned way too much about Seth. Um, so now if we would have done that little, uh, the little read about the, the links in the show notes, I would have had something else to add there, but I'll remind you now, uh, to just click on the link in the show notes, 11 questions. It'll take you less than a minute and it's all you can do to repay us for the couple of the things that Seth said today. Um, honestly, <laughs> I'm scarred and you probably are all are too. So just distract yourself by doing the link in the show notes. Also, Nate, you were on the lead. Uh, can you tell us what you were talking about there over on, uh, the athletics, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to say it's the athletics best podcast because we're here, but I mean uh, what one of, of the athletics what mini. Yes. one of the one of the athletics mini wonderful podcasts. The lead. Yes, uh, Miss Kavita and I got together uh, last month during Black History Month, February. It's now March, but a we got the rare trip where we took an audio and visual, not visual, but an audio and physical tour with Bob Kendrick at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, uh, where we go through. The history of the Negro Leagues in Kansas City, uh, which is where the museum is. I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, they have a lot of 
old clips and sounds from back in the day that will get you ready for baseball season in a, in a way that I don't think anybody can at this point. So um, yeah. it was pretty fun. Uh, I got to tell you a little bit about my history and how I came to learn about the Negro Leagues through uh, early childhood, and it has stayed with me ever since. And the museum is here, and Bob is probably the best storyteller that there can be about the Negro Leagues uh, Baseball Museum uh, to get you ready for baseball season. Plus, uh, we will take more questions as well over the course of our offseason episodes. Just happened to be a lot this week as the Combine's here. Plus, though, the offseason for the Chiefs got real short, real quick. So we will have a lot to be talking about continually. We'll have your podcast once a week. Um, where, Like we said earlier, this one we're recording on a Sunday night. I bet this comes out Monday morning. I don't know. We'll see. It's up to Danielle. It all runs through her. So you can tweet all of your complaints at Danielle. Sorry, Danielle. That was not what I meant to do there. But it is what I did. Um, we will, uh, we'll be bringing you these episodes though, once a week throughout the off season, you can get them wherever you get your podcast, but leave us a review in, uh, in Apple podcast so people will find it and know that the show continues through the off season. Plus, um, make sure you're coming over to the athletic to read everything that, uh, these guys are writing throughout the off season. Danielle just messaged us on the Slack and just said, how dare you? I'm really sorry. I believe it's at that girl chip where you can send all your complaints <laughs> again. Um, you can just send them all that way. Or if you want to say nice things at by Nate Taylor at real MN cheese fan at JB Briscoe, use the hashtag times ours and we will talk to you again next week. Nate, I can only fear what you will pull from today's show. It's 1:30 AM Friday morning inside Kiroy's. Now we're towards the back of the establishment <laughs> in a matter of minutes. My guy, Bill O'Brien walks in with his glasses on top of his head, not on his eyes, on top of his head, <laughs> proceeding to drink Red Bull and your favorite domestic bottle of any choice available to him. <laughs> then comes Doug Marone, Jacksonville's own Doug yes. Marone hangs out yes. with Bill O'Brien. Yes. All of a sudden, Mike Vrabel shows up. <laughs> to which I mentioned to the other reporters near me, do you realize that the two men that Andy Reid had to beat to the Super Bowl are now communicating and drinking alcoholic beverages in the same space as we are? <laughs> and then another NFL coach came through, came through. There were four NFL coaches on a Friday at 1.30 a.m. And he dapped me up, y'all. He dapped me up. It was one Doug Peterson of the... <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. He said, hey, what's up, man? I said, hey, how you doing, baby? How you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> Go out there and chat with, uh, with Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, and, uh, you know, and Mike Rabel. So, so yeah, uh, this is the NFL Combine, where four NFL coaches drink and try to figure out trades for each other's teams.